BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity, 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. R. Kelly sentenced Warner and Twitch partner and a recording cost tax bill. You're listening to The Biz Tape. Welcome to episode 52 of The Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. I'm your host, Joe, with my co-host, Colin, and uh, as we've both been, I feel like... Not suffering, but just kind of working through... Uh, well, you know that dog the, meme of the dog on fire at the kitchen table, and he's like, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's, that's your life right like. now. Yeah, I mean, that's how it is. <laughs> Touring was supposed to slow down. Yeah, no. no it's, <laughs> it's definitely not slowing down anytime soon, it looks like. But um, it is kind of exciting, right? That like kind of things are coming back. and I mean, it seems... I feel like... Well, one, I, I work a lot with some country music and regular pop people who were going to, like, in any way that the place and landscape was going to open up to allow them to do shows, they're going to be the people who are like, we're doing shows. Yeah. But it seems like more of a, instead of a trial run, more like a comfortable, comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, stay safe out there. Do you, you know, mean, obviously. like, comfortable as in, like, just comfortable to tour? I would say everyone feels a lot more comfortable. Before, it was, like, when I was talking to roadies and other people who are involved, artists, all that kind of stuff, they would just be like, here we go. I hope we don't <laughs> have to come back in two weeks and be like, it's over. Yeah. Which, you know, some people have made that personal decision for themselves. Some haven't. So it seems like more of, like, okay, we're in this. We're actually touring now. But now, you know, obviously COVID and everything, but don't want to get too much into that. Um, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you know what else is insane, Colin? There's tons of stuff 
happening in the music industry right now. And one of the biggest things is Warner Music becomes the first Twitch label partner. Which is funny because me and Joe both grabbed this story and then had to come to each other and be like, oh, you're also interested in that. <laughs> because it's really And then we weird. battled it out in like the bathroom. I think, like, yeah, that's <laughs> before it. Before we came in. Yeah, just so. fisticuffs that Yeah, thing. I won, as you could tell. Yeah, so he I, did. You know. um, but WMG is the first of the big three to partner with Twitch that is set to bring artist channels and original music programming to the platform. And since they're starting out, they're launching with the creation of artist channels such as Bella Porch, Swati, and Atlantic Records singer-producer Swaco. So the channels are set to show BTS content as well as the creation of like original shows targeting Twitch consumers, just kind of like, you know, various live streams that they can put on and like entertain people. Yeah. Um, but what's even more important is how these people are going to get paid. So according to Billboard, quote, the partnership gives WMG access to Twitch's revenue model, where creators earn money through channel subscriptions priced between $4.99 and $24.99 per month, tips and advertisements, as well as the audience data Twitch offers creators. WMG has been particularly bullish about the revenue potential in digital music experiences, with investments in the like of virtual companies such as Wave, the gaming platform Roblox, and WMG, <laughs> WMG chairman and CEO Steve Cooper announced at the Goldman Sachs Communicopia, Communicopia, Colin. Communicopia. Communicopia, which sounds like a great song, like Margaritaville. <laughs> it sounds like a like some indie band. Like, yeah. Know, all the cars, welcome to the Communicopia. Yeah, it's going to be all lowercase, though. Yeah. Conference last week that the company is now earning $235 million in revenue per year from alternative offerings that create new use cases for music like TikToks, Roblox, and Peloton. So yeah, like the, Peloton the biking bikes. company, yeah. They give no, you some been, money. They've been crazy. <laughs> we talked about Wave in the previous, but like, yeah, Warner is particularly advantageous and adventurous with like these, you know, places that you wouldn't think of music directly. Yeah, absolutely. I think they kind of see where the shift is going as well uh, with live stream and, and music and live streaming kind of coexisting. Whereas before, you know, battling well, it out. Yeah, you you say that, but I'll get well, into okay. why later well, in a second. Like, like you said, the partnership comes after years of battling between the stream, streaming giant and the music industry. And Billboard goes on to state that, quote, recently Twitch reached a settlement with the National Music Publishers Association over past music usage and entered negotiations over how to handle music on platform going forward. Twitch also set up new processes for rights holders, including WMG, to report unauthorized use of music. So this current deal is only in connection to the label side and not Warner Chapel Music, which is the publishing arm, which is the arm that's going to, to DMCA you, so, basically. So, yeah, if you don't know, th this would go into sync territory, basically. Mm -hmm. um, anything which is... You know, we've talked about Taylor Swift in the past and all these music business people were talking about how Taylor has all our publishing. And that's the first thing out of, you know, we're, we're always talking about the two halves. You get the publishing and the recording. That's the first thing you need. You need the permission of your publisher to have like a sync license for a movie or a video game or for your live stream. Or, yeah. You know, like a TikTok, for example, if we want to talk about other kind of social media slash 
uh, Twitch is kind of social media. Uh, yeah, but, it's social enough. Right. So <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, you know, more than YouTube is, even though YouTube wants you to think they're social media. Hashtag remember Google Plus? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> so I just, like, here's my thing with it. The articles I've seen talking about Warner Music and Twitch, and they say they're partners now, got my hopes up. And then when I read into it more, I was disappointed. Yeah. Because we had seen that Twitch, and we didn't get to talk about it on the show, but Twitch has got an agreement with the National Music Publishers Association who represents so many different... They're basically like the RIAA for the publisher side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they represent all these publishers, so they have the power to negotiate for them, which is a huge deal. Like I'm saying, you need the sync first, you need the publishers first. Now we're in the second part of the equation. If you're on your live stream and you have music playing, you need the permission of the recording now. And when I saw, oh, it partners, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So Warner's going to have some system or maybe... Here's my hot take. I think Twitch, because Twitch has been having a really rough time lately. There's a lot of creators talking about leaving the platform, trying different things. I really do think Twitch needs a, like a system like a TikTok does. Yeah. In terms of having that giant market and ability to use songs in your own content. So almost just like establishing a music library. Correct. Then and then one of the people, yeah, for. one of the people I would love to talk to on the show who uh, basically it's Senpai Gaming is one of the things and it's a label mm-hmm. and the entire thing with it, it's uh, run by a guy named Harris Heller and his whole thing is he's a Twitch streamer and what he does is he creates and gets music and the licensing and all the legal stuff together for you to have music that's okayed for your Twitch channel. Yeah. Now there's problems with sometimes Twitch just taking shit down because they're, they don't know and they have to go in the back end and be like, Hey Twitch, don't take this down. Even though that song's cool. We're allowing them to use the song and everything. That's the kind of shit I want. And he is on, he and Senpai specifically are on a huge track of going that way. I think Twitch needs to do it to help their platform severely on their end, the same way that TikTok has done it with their music on their app mm-hmm. and not have a third party involved. He is, you know, capitalizing on a market right now of being like, you can get this music cleared and play it and everything's going to be okay. But do you imagine like how big of a deal to have longer form live content that can have cleared music on it Yeah, through Twitch? I mean, it would be great. I mean, artists would love it. Artists would love it. it. The problem is, is that the system of it, there's no system like that. There's no system, period. Right. <laughs> there's no system that currently exists that can handle that because of the live aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Now, TikTok has the ability to go, which if you've ever messed around with TikTok and you tried to put music, the control of the clips. So, for instance, TikTok, like if you go to actually pick a song, and go, I want this, uh, let's, let's think of a song. I want blinding lights. It'll be like one minute of blinding lights specifically. And it'll be one part specifically. It doesn't let you like scroll through like an Instagram does. Yeah. That's control from the publisher and the label to determine what's on there. But TikTok has a great system of, if you upload your own audio, it detects it and allows those people to get compensation for it. You know, if you've seen original music by this user and then like scrolling by in the bottom, it'll say, you know, blinding lights, the weekend mm-hmm. is contained within this song. That's what Twitch needs. 
to keep growing as a platform. It's just that that system is so daunting yeah. to imagine creating and coding and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, because there's so much that could go wrong. And right. it's so expensive just to get that ball rolling. But at the same time, like I'm talking about, there's third parties that are basically inventing it. Mm-hmm. I've seen the ability to have, you know, in Twitch, kind of like a radio station, what you put out is what you put out. So like if you're listening to the radio... It's not like you're listening to a multi-track of the radio. You're listening to just what I'm putting out in my voice right now. Like you're listening to this podcast. You're not listening to like, you know, all these other tracks I have in my session unless I unmute them and let them go. People have developed technology on Twitch where they basically create a track system through the UI and then they can take the music track out later. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like that's insane and would be kind of the system they need here is like, you know, encoding wise, it's like you have you and your broadcast and then maybe on the Twitch server side, they send you audio, but they separate the audio. So your music and your game are not connected in any way Mm -hmm. so they can cleanly take out your song without taking out all your audio. Yeah. Let's say they lose, you know, rights to a song in the future. Wouldn't that be like, that's what we need. Mm-hmm. And so that's something why, that's easily editable, like later on. Right. And we've talked about on the platform and like also on the show, it's just like all these creators got blindsided by Twitch because Twitch basically knew for many years, they were sliding on a very, very thin piece of ice mm-hmm. and they were just like, whatever, we'll take it down and we'll wait until the music industry gets so upset at us, which they have every right to be because they deserve to be compensated. But when the shit hit the fan and everybody was yelling at Twitch, you know, that the publishers associations and the labels, and they were like, we're going to get congressional action, which we talked about on the show to deal with you. And Jeff Bezos was in front of Congress literally saying, I don't know if Twitch has licensing for music. (laughs) Literally that's a real thing. Yeah. So, why what, should he know? What, he's, he's just busy right. on his yacht. <laughs> That's like so, 30 but, no, my countries point, wide. <laughs> my point is, it's like, it, it's one of these issues where they have consistently passed the problem of copyright and law and extremely complicated music business things that regular people do not understand. And it's difficult even for me to understand in the new platform that Twitch has created as a live streaming platform. Mm-hmm to their creators. They're like, this is your problem. They literally told all these creators, you have to go by, you stream six hours a day, guess what? You have to go every minute of those six hours and find everything that's wrong when it comes to copyright. If one second of a song came in there, you need to get rid of it off of your VOD. Yeah, so this is only on the VOD, right? Which is right. which is the playback video oh yeah okay right? so there's because the there's two sides of twitch there's right. the live and then there's like the the archive vod correct if you if you're not familiar with twitch we've talked about it before but there's a vod which stands for video of the day which usually records your live stream and puts it straight on the platform for viewing later and you can take it off or maybe set a time limit all that kind of stuff which people are kind of familiar with that concept because that's basically how YouTube video works. It's like you post a YouTube video and then it's there. It's kind of like Twitch's equivalent of it, but it does it automatically after you finish your stream unless you turn that off. Yeah. Then you have the live part of it. I don't even want to get into the live part of it because that's a (laughs) whole different thing where people haven't even decided, is this technically a public performance royalty? Is this technically all that? 
It's insane. So like just with the VODs, they literally went, you need to destroy or go through, you know, potentially hundreds and thousands of hours of content and get rid of every copyright offense. Which like no... No human being to, could do. Yeah. And even if you got a robot to somehow go through that, which, you know, the copyright claim robots fucking suck at this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So As we've seen with how YouTube handled that right. situation. So th- at the end of the day, like it's something, but uh, you know, I was joking before the show with you with this Warner partnership, it's misleading. And then on top of that, I think that, it's like, what's the difference between like the way they're like, Oh, they would bring these people to the platform. This just sounds like what a management company would do. Yeah. Like a man, like if, if the Kardashians were like our well, management company signed this and then had this happen and now they will stream on Twitch and you can pay them money. That's yeah. essentially what most of this deal is. Well, it is. It's kind of like, I, I guess it's, it's actually more like a, like a promoter uh, agent type of situation. Right. Cause like there's the you, live you aspect talent of it. Buying. They're just talent buying. Right. In so this deal. I just think that's insane. And then the other thing, which billboard didn't really touch on, but I saw it in my reading about music business worldwide is the most interesting part of this is that they have that thing of basically WMG can look at the music that's kind of been copyright claimed and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically music business worldwide clarifies it by saying, Twitch has also announced it's created a new process that participating music rights holders, including WMG Warner Music, can opt into certain uses of their music to, quote, address when creators inadvertently or incidentally use music in their streams. Like, why is that like a one page, you know, like a (laughs) one paragraph thing? I don't get like I'd be, you know, if you're a big Bella Porch fan, you know, I fucking love that llama dance, you know, or something (laughs) fine. That's one thing. But like when I see Warner music partnerships with Twitch, yeah, that seems to be my main concern. And I feel like for a lot of artists, that's a big thing of like, okay, cool. These bigger artists get to have their own Twitch channels. And then like they Warner, couldn't have done that like, already. Well, all this says, <laughs> no, and that's the funny part about well, the, it, is the, all that says is Warner Music's like, we get a cut of that. Yeah, Because exactly. we're allowing them to do that. Warner Music and Twitch. Yeah, and all these people are, you know, all these publications are like, wow, they've partnered. And it's like, nah, you don't, it's not the way you think. Yeah, it's, it's definitely very much kind of eye poppy uh, journalism. Right, journalism. and so. Not journalism, I don't want to say eye poppy journalism, but eye poppy like. I guess, uh, what is a titling? Yeah. Like clickbaity. Yeah. Bit. It's very clickbait. I mean, it's a partnership. It's not a lie. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. not what you think it's going to be. And honestly, not what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we were all kind of disappointed when we, when we really read into I, it. I, yeah, I just, the thing is, it's like the publishers association is the step in the right direction, but this, I'm just like, okay. Mm-hmm. that this is yeah an artist can have a twitch channel cool you know what i mean now twitch can have the basic functionality of youtube from two you know that youtube's had for almost 14 years yeah of having people be like oh that's cool i won't <laughs> dmca strike you so True and that. even that system's fucked but like so yeah i don't know well we'll figure out i guess if twitch will actually get their shit together well, they have half of the piece of the puzzle coming, which is the most important half well, you, because it's the publisher and that's yeah. going to be the difference. Well, do you think like this is just kind of a stepping stone to those other deals? Um, maybe, but I I wonder 
I think they're really waiting for what these publishers are going to do. Cause at the end of the day, you cannot do anything with those recordings without the publishing rights. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're waiting to see how that kind of goes through it. You know, not to be super negative the whole time. It could be a nice olive branch for Warner music to be like, here's the first thing. We're going to take some cuts of these artists on their Twitch channel. You know, we'll have them, but it's coming through us so we can facilitate that and create content for your platform and everything that you can't find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. That's nice. And it might be like a nice stepping stone to finally, okay, we're cool with each other. We like your business. Let's move on. You can license our recordings. Yeah. But my problem is, is that Twitch has, you know, made no effort on their part, in my opinion, other than legally in terms of technology to show that it's like, we're taking this burden off of creators. We're trying to fix this problem technologically as opposed to legally. Okay. So, yeah, well, We'll see for sure, because <laughs> they'll definitely be fighting Man, about that it. that rant makes me feel like I should be holding like a cigarette right now. Yeah, yeah like you're in, out of breath. Or you're right, like, I feel like I'm <sighs> in like, oh, oh man, I feel like I'm in like one of those late night talk shows where I'm just like, they like in the 70s where they have it and they'd be like, say, you know, today we have economist John Bird uh, from Stanford <laughs> University. We have philosophy professor. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yoo. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Larry King. (laughs) Yeah, right. Larry King's spirit is in this room right now. 
Colin, speaking of Larry King, Bill made okay. <laughs> making recording costs tax deductible. We're just going to add no. Add it to Congress budget package. What does that mean, Colin? All right. So first off, it's been, we've talked about this before, believe it or not, but it didn't pass. But now it's back up. So this comes from a act called the Help Independent Tracks Succeed, which is called HITS Act, is the shortening of it, and it has bipartisan support. But it's kind of in a shit show shape, and I'll tell you why. So first, the HITS Act allows many musicians, technicians, and producers to deduct 100% of recording expenses up to $150,000. Which is like insane for nowadays. Yeah, exactly. On their taxes in that year, which is very important for later. And then they've incurred remains uncharged from previous versions. So they're allowed to basically $150,000 a year. You can take off and say, minus that from my tax. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is insane. That's like all of AAA recording costs right there. Well, it depends on how... Triple, triple A. Well, really, now it just depends on how responsible you are with your money. Yeah. But so it's insane because it was first introduced in July 2020, which we covered, but it has failed twice um, because it's been basically lapped on to two different pandemic relief bills Mm. and it just was not going to happen. Yeah. Under the current tax code, music creators are required to amortize production expenses for tax purposes over the economic life of a sound recording. So what that means is, and they clarified that the life of a sound recording typically is between three to four years. Mm -hmm. And that means they have to spread the tax burden and cost throughout three to four years of taxes. Yeah. So, you know, we let's say you make $150,000 record. You have to have, you know, that amount of money lost for you for three to four years. And hopefully your taxes will balance out over three to four years to give you $150,000 back in savings or maybe even, you know, giving you money directly. Mm -hmm. But now you can do that in one year. So that's insane because if you're a small artist or a little creator, you might not be able to handle $150,000 loss for three to four years. Yeah. One year. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like if you get to take it away from your taxes and you're making a lot of money and stuff like that, but you know, your margins now are increased Mm -hmm. because you can take that all out from one year as a billboard brings out the hits act would apply the same tax standard to music as it does film and TV productions, which already enjoy a hundred percent first year deduction, helping music professionals recover from severe economic downturn caused by COVID-19. So Here's some insane. Or before COVID, the music industry. Yeah. <laughs> so here's some insane numbers. According to the Copyright Alliance, if you want to know how bad like all of this was on music industry, 88% of creators lost income during the decline and more than double the national average of other industries. Damn. Reportedly, half of the respondents lost 90% or more of their income. Whew. So this really shows why this bill or this act added onto a bill could be a huge difference specifically targeting an industry that's been hurt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, by a large sum compared, you know, double the amount of loss compared to other industries. So it's not like we don't need it specifically to music industry. Yeah. Hits bill though is kind of in a weird place. It's part of the build back better act, which sounds like a fucking 
appetizer from a- Applebee's. Uh, <laughs> and so a, it, that act is a cornerstone of President Biden's econ- economic agenda. And it's getting real dicey in Congress. And the part problem is, is that the moderate Democrats and Republicans are trying to cut that bill because there's so many things in it. And it's just the dollar amount of it is scary to them. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to cut it down. So people, in my opinion, also me, are kind of afraid that traditionally the arts are not very much respected compared to, you know, general relief to the entire public. Yeah. And if you're so against adding debt to, you know, the United States and everything like that, you might be more willing to get rid of the hits bill as opposed to other industries that are, you know, less less arts based or help more, you know, different areas in general. Mm-hmm. So jo- Joe, what are your thoughts about, I think this is crazy. Like, yeah. could you imagine, like, especially because it could help very small artists a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that's definitely, I I think it opens up the conversation of do we value music as a society? And if anything, I've learned over the pandemic and how the U.S. government has treated the arts and entertainment in general, it's that they don't give a shit. Right. Um, It seems to be a common thing. Yeah, that's a common theme. So basically the arts, we're on our own like we've always been. Um, and we have to find ways in order to kind of bring the relief to ourselves. Right. And I think that although I would love to see something like that pass, I do not think it's going to get passed now because of just how many other issues that a lot of leaders in our government are specifically looking at and towards. Yeah. You know, like it's really hard to compare that thing to like climate change or like climate change spending or like something such as hurricane relief or like something like that where it's yeah, like, it's like way less American to be like, we just helped out all in a lot of people's minds, in my opinion, to be like, we just helped out all these musicians versus, you know, everyone's favorite, like the coal miners in Pennsylvania or well, something. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people too, when they envision the music industry, they envision fun. It's fun all the time, right? which the is like not, is not the there. case. <laughs> we, you know, and I've joked about it with you on this show is like, I think a lot of people add too much weight, especially in the industry, to the cool points yeah. of being like, oh, you work in entertainment. That's so cool. So yeah, it's you like, can, it's cool, right, but I can't so pay like, my rent with right, cool. Right, exactly. So it's like one of those things where it'd be like, you know, even though your pay's less, I'm sure you're so much more happy to have the cool points of being like, wow, I work with this artist or something. And like, when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, no. <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? It's like if you worked with a you know less prestigious artist and they gave you a, a 10%, 20% raise, people would be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, well, it's crazy because even in the industry, like it's like that in the industry as well. Just right. like how things are Oh, it's are rampant in the and, industry. Yeah. They're just, you know, you're, you should be glad to be here. So that's why we get to pay you less money. Or but something. then at the same time, the industry wants more money from support and stuff like so, that. So it's kind of like a double-edged well, like thing where it's like, I, I agree with like this is more for artists. I feel like in producers, I don't think, where yeah, it's like, this isn't like a big. This isn't for the label. Well, but, I mean, it's going to help the label, but it's like in terms of dividends and like I feel like longer impact. If you're producing, you know, an album for five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars in your house, and you're like, this is my big break. That's going to go a lot more 
you know, mileage for you, in my opinion, than, you know, the label using this a bunch of different times in their industry, mm-hmm. just because it's such a different level of, you know, wealth versus taking, uh, you know, a tax break. Yeah. So I, I think, I, I think it's crazy how good this could be for the small creator. I do. I am worried though about it because it's definitely one of those things where it's just not, it's not flashy, you know, in that way of being like to the public, Oh, we saved this. You know what I mean? Like it's not one of those things that voters, I feel like we'll be like, oh, cool. We didn't get our relief because you wanted to help all these people making albums or something. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel like it's one of the first things that they would go, yeah, we can cut that out of the bill. We want to save money. You know what I mean? On the spending of the bill. Let's just cut that out first. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about, especially when the pandemic had everyone really quarantined and not moving, when the Independent Venues Association was trying to vie to Congress over and over and over. Congress just was not having it. And I said that during the time, and I still hold here. It's like they just don't, like, any, here's my thing. As I will say it again, anytime there is a general bill to help many different people versus specifically targeting the music industry, they will always go to the general people one. As mm-hmm. you know, in a premise, I think they should. But the problem is, is that when you get into the semantics of like, you're looking at a seven, you know, you're looking at a, a trillion dollar bill and this bill would maybe be like a couple mil, you know what I mean? Added to the bill. And then they're like, well, we can take away the couple mil and it's like pennies in the bucket compared to the rest yeah. of the bill. And it's like, why, why even take it away? Right. And, and it's, it's like, we can just, we can literally But just it's like it. for someone out there, you know, if you're campaigning against this bill and being so big, that's like one thing where they're like, well, of course we can ask them first to get rid of this. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I definitely like to see it. I think it'd be crazy for musicians to have that ability. I, I think it would be great for the studios too, to be honest with you is that's, that's the other thing I was going to say, you know, we have all this incentive to have everything home recorded because the studios are so expensive and all that kind of stuff. But I think this would be great for studios because if you had the ability to go 150k and like get it taxed right off, you might be more comfortable spending a little bit more and being like, let's go in an actual studio and do it. Let's hire an actual engineer. Let's get some actual, you know, players on here, union, non-union. Mm-hmm. Let's get some, you know, let's go rent some really expensive outboard gear. Let's go rent some backline gear. Like all of that just benefits the economy within it. Yeah. It's not just like this one person. Well, and that's a lot of outsiders of the music community and, and entertainment uh, industry don't understand how that works together. Oh, too. yeah. So It'd it's really hard to explain to some of these Congress people what exactly they are paying. If they for. did this with podcasts, I'd be in there, like, I'd be in some like rental shop, be like, hey, can I have like two LA 2As to rent? And like really expensive $3,000 compressors and stuff like that for our podcast. I, that's what I would do. Cause I'd just be like, this is fun and I can write it off. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's kind of the mentality with people is they're, you know, you could have a better product by spending a little bit more and then you don't have to worry about it as much cause you can write it off. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that in TV and movies. Why can't it continue over to here? I, I feel like it's weird. Well, cause it's, that's the thing, Colin. I think I think that's where the disparity between visual media and audio media definitely is is present because people do value movies over over music, at yeah. least in American society. In my opinion, I just think people put more value towards visual media because it's. I, I feel like it's a lot of 
it's just more you know senses in the end of the day mm-hmm. it, has, it has it has audio and visual too. right so, so it's, it's like, like maybe we'll just move on and everyone will get fucked when we get like the 4d you know like you're in the ride <laughs> and you're like yeah like you get microchips in our brains and then right. it's like any even crazier man it's just sensory overload at that point you don't even see anything you're just, just sitting like there blue lights you're just sitting there like watching friends on hbo and you get like <laughs> you're in a room in yeah. a chair just strapped to your chair going silence just you go yeah <laughs> phoebe's so funny right and it's just like all of a sudden like somebody does a spit like chandler does a spit taking it off god i feel that like <laughs> feel oh my Chandler god spit on your yeah face. Right. i can feel it uh, yeah <laughs> maybe we'll just all get fucked by that you get to you get to experience the jennifer aniston experience which is just a lot of hairspray and she somehow just never yeah, like just... there's like a bts clip showing in the 4d like setup you have at home and it's like jennifer aniston spraying hairspray and it's like oh god it's like everywhere <laughs> now catch fire for a second yeah <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Well... Before we move on, I just want to warn our listeners, this is a trigger warning because we're going to be talking about R. Kelly uh, and the sexual assault case that um, he, has been, he has just been sentenced. So if you do not want to listen, uh, we're basically done with the show, so you can turn it off now. But 
If you want to listen and find out what happens, feel free to hang on. So R. Kelly has been found guilty on all charges of racketeering and sex trafficking. And according to Billboard, quote, the verdict was delivered after two days of deliberation by the jury, which consisted of seven men and five women. The case was around five weeks long with arguments, physical evidence, and 45 witness testimonies from the prosecution. So victims of R. Kelly's horrific actions, which are eight Jane Doe's and two John Doe's, testified while many of R. Kelly's closest business partners and employees corroborated with the victims, even though many of them stood by and allowed the abuse to continue. Also, jurors jurors heard not only from testimony, but also video evidence showing how he and his lackeys engaged with the victims. And during the trial, the prosecution's strategy was to prove without a doubt that Kelly was actively using his power in the music industry as, quote, a vehicle for crime, which involved sex trafficking and sexual exploitation of minors. However, the defense attempted to poke holes in the state's argument by, quote, emphasizing the normalcy of Kelly's lifestyle in comparison to other superstars. Yeah, that defense worked out great, yeah, apparently. Fucking yeah, great defense. You, lawyer, R. Kelly, you spend a lot of good money on those lawyers. I can it tell you that. doesn't have any, too. <laughs> prior, to the tr- which, yeah, prior to the trial, Kelly's main defense team formally asked the judge to be removed from the case due to being unable to work with Kelly's new defense team, stating that they didn't have enough court experience, which, looking at how that worked out, seemed to be the case. So, Colin, do you think that kind of looking at this as like a whole do you think like the stone wall of like the starhood defense is crumbling like as time goes on just because as we view like celebrities now we view them more and more as humans right and i think uh i i definitely agree that we've humanized celebrities more and honestly here's a good thing for social media it's because of that it's like they're more accessible it seems that this is a negative for them, but also, but more of a positive, I guess, for society is they've kind of opened up more of their lives to us in a way that, you know, if you went back in the nineties, all you had was like tabloid photos of them walking on the street. Now mm-hmm. you can see them in their bedroom or like with their children that they post on Instagram and stuff like that, which, you know, double-edged sword about, you know, emptying your open private life for the society there. But the point is, is that I think that artists have been humanized extremely in that way. And we see them, you know, more as human beings and like less of, they are at a level of, you know, notoriety and fame and money that allows them to be, you know, it's not Michael Jackson fame anymore. Right. It isn't this person that is so different from a human being that normal rules don't apply cannot be applied to them basically is what i would say which honestly is true and it can happen but like i'm saying like we i feel like as you know we live in a society man but like we live (laughs) in a society that i feel like finally understands that it's like you can hold these people to the same level of moral accountability as you do yourself and the people you surround yourself with and honestly you should hold them to that right so I, I definitely feel like, yeah, R. Kelly has done that. And that's why, you know, his defense is so laughable here, which is, you know, all these other people were also terrible to all these different people sexually and to minors and all that kind of stuff. No, that doesn't fly. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make sense. You can't just be like other people are doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
That's, you know, and the funny thing is, and I hate saying it, is I feel like that defense might have worked about 20 years ago. Yeah. Like if R. Kelly was really in it, you know, especially in the beginning of like his fame and he was the top of the world, like people would be like, oh yeah, because R. Kelly can just do that. No, he mm-hmm. cannot do that to these people. He should be held to the same accountability as everyone else because he's abusing these people. And honestly, the thing that stands out to me, like you're saying, is all these people that just stood by him and were like, it's happening. Yeah. A lot of industry people. Right. Because this is their money train. It's actually, you know, obviously not specifically the acts, but like it's similar to Britney's situation where people are seeing abuse, seeing this happen, and they're just keeping going because that's where they get the money. They don't want to disturb the status quo that they live in. They don't want to disturb their where they get their money from mm-hmm. and how all of that is, you know, they just let it slide under the rug. It's terrible. And it's, you know, you know, I, I, I think you're naive to think that that isn't happening now. Yeah. You know, with other stars. With other or... celeb- I mean, I have no, you know, I don't have the inside scoop or something, but like, to, the idea that this doesn't exist today is so stupid. Like yeah. there's so many times where, especially if you've worked in the industry around where people have just let things go by mm-hmm. and, you know, actively look the other way. Yeah. And it's, it, it has been refreshing to see people, especially now in the industry. I saw a lovely article from the LA times about, I think it was the William Williamton theater, which does a lot of, you know, plays and stuff like that. There was a lovely article where all these people came out and said like the working conditions of this theater are terrible. They abuse people. It has a, you know, environment like that. And they all spoke out to this giant paper Mm -hmm. saying that. And like, that's, you know, do imagine that as giant news 20 years ago. Yeah. Who the fuck cares about a play? You know what I mean? Like that's what it would have been like. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that, but it's also, it's, it's a never ending story when it comes to people who have this much power, and they think they're invincible. Mm-hmm. Now, R. Kelly, specifically, if you do not know, obviously will be going to jail, in my opinion, for a considerable amount of time. I think the rest he, of his life. I, I think so, too. It would maybe, if it was a situation where he was guilty on a charge or something like that, they maybe could have something. But he's convicted on multiple charges. He has, so. a, he has a child pornography hearing oh, and later, more too. lawsuits yeah. and like more you know, criminal cases against him. So, so he got away during the whole marriage debacle right. thing. But it seemed to have finally caught up with him, which is good. But it, it, it does come 25 years a little late. Yeah, it begs the question, why so late? You know, mm-hmm. why, why was this allowed to happen? And it just honestly comes down to the culture and then the ability for people to speak up. And now I'm not justifying that the culture is terrible, but when you get a bunch of people, especially if you're being brought up into it, that say, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to look the other way. They get a hive mind of it, not taking away, you know, any uh, responsibility of those people, but that's what happens Mm -hmm. is that they, you know, say like, this is just how it is. You're either going to do this or you're going to get out. You know what I mean? So it's it's one of those things where it's it's real shame and it's up to every one of us, especially if you work in the industry, to, to call co- it out. To call out, you know, things like this and you know, people don't want to cause a fuss or whatever, but you know, it, the little things add up 
over time. Mm -hmm. And you may be saying something right now that doesn't seem like a big thing, but it could be over time. You don't know everything about every person that you've ever worked with. Yeah. So if you see signs of, you know, something like this to the, maybe not to this level, but even like any level of abuse or sexism or racism or anything like that, it's worth it to be like, Hey, this is fucked. Like either to the person or to, you know, other people, they're superior or just, you know, shout it to the world because mm -hmm. like you just have no idea what. Well, and that's the thing about, you know, these phones and, and video being readily available around on a mass scale, to, on a mass scale to everybody is because that is probably your greatest weapon is your phone yeah. and your voice. And I think that, uh, a lot of shitty people in this industry are scared and I'm glad. I'm glad they're scared and I hope they get caught because you're right. There's still, there's still predators in this industry. And I think this industry attracts predators because of how easily it is to, to rake in their prey. Basically. Yeah. And to create a, a bubble around you. I think it's just the thing of, you know, when you get notoriety and also money is that people with that who are, you know, I don't want to say evil, but of, of bad intentions, Mm -hmm. they'll they will use it to fund those bad intentions and the thing they will do is surround themselves with people that will enable that yep and so it's up to you to figure out you know every person you work with or you know are around or even musicians you see is like what is this person's motives when it comes to like why you think they're doing what they're doing is the fame you know just the you know, side effect of their art, you know, and they just want to showcase it or is it to have power? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I think that's a different mindset. It's a scary mindset. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, it's something that I think everyone in this industry has to kind of juggle at some point. Like it, it comes into mind for sure. I just, you know, and the end of the day, I just think he, he's definitely going, he's definitely going to jail. I think for the rest of his life, that's my guilt. That's my thing. Even if he doesn't get a life sentence, I think that he will get enough years until he basically dies. Mm -hmm. Cause I, well, he's gotta be 40, 50 now, right? It's yeah. He's there. older. Yeah. And the other thing is, is if you don't know, R Kelly actually is a great example of why you do not sell a lot of your music rights away. Mm -hmm. Um, he has, but he has no publishing. He's literally has, he's complained about it multiple times is that like he has no money. I mean, thankfully no money to defend someone who seems to have done a lot of terrible, unexcusable, atrocious things to minors and other people. But he's still a good example of that. At the end of the day, he signed contracts that literally he got no money from it. Yeah. Part of it was also because he, I, I believe there was a story where he didn't get a lawyer and he's illiterate. So it was really exploitative thing. And like, you know, it's just at the end of the day, that's what happened to him. And he chose to, you know, use his superstardom to do this. And he had so many people enable that from the beginning. And then it was his downfall at the end of the day. Right. Which, He's 57, Him. I saw you look up. He's 57. Yeah. He could be retired somewhere. He could be doing anything else but going to prison for the rest of his life. Yep. But he chose to use his power in extremely exploitative ways. Mm -hmm. So, we'll, you know, we'll have to see what happens with the trial. I definitely think that... Uh, well, he got sentenced. 
Well, so he he's I, I'm he got sorry. a life sentence. I should have said trials. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one coming up, I think, in a couple of weeks. But um, also, I mean, there is and the this potential is the other of him thing. appealing. It ruins everything he's ever done. Oh yeah. Like it's tainted everything. Right. I mean, which like, is you why know, I feel like which we've talked about before the separation between art and the, the artist. Person. This is a situation I cannot separate. It. It's hard, especially since a lot of his music is considered kind of, you know, sexy dancing kind of music that it's hard to get away from the fact that like he could have been singing about his victims. Yeah. Like literally. And people innately were monetarily supporting it. Yeah. And that's the thing with it. So it's hard, you know, anytime can you, can you imagine if you, not that he deserves pity, but like, could you imagine if you had worked for, you know, 30 years, 40 years in the entertainment industry and now everyone's, you know, every piece of music you've ever done is ruined because you did it to yourself by destroying yeah. every other person's lives. Yeah, and I hope he feels that and I hope he feels I hope even he worse. Feels it. Yeah, I hope <laughs> so, he feels even worse. Fuck him. Fuck R. Kelly. Uh, maybe new merch idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, God. Um. But, All right, yeah. let's get off that heavy thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline 
Moving on to not heavy shit, I guess, or depending on what mood we were in this week. Colin, what have you been listening to? Oh, God. Um, Hopefully not R. Kelly. No, not been listening to R. Kelly. Rustin Kelly? No. uh, (laughs) Don't make that comparison. No, I'm not not making that comparison. He's a normal dude by all accounts. I don't don't know. You know what I mean? But like, still, I, I don't know anything crazy. Um, yeah, I've been listening to a bunch of random things. Um, first, uh, I always, I always enjoy my Todd Rundrig, uh, which I finally listened to like some Todd Rundgren, who, if you've ever watched that 70 show, you might know because Jackie always goes like, I love Todd Rundeman. That's who she's talking about. <laughs> um, but I finally listened to the album that I never listened to, which is called something slash anything, which it was poured in 1972 with a slash, which punctuation back then was weird. So now it's all, you know, the rage because everybody likes to put all lowercase letters and weird punctuation in all capital. But I think that's like a weird thing. It's like, huh, an album from the seventies that actually has punctuation in it. Anyway, he's got a bunch of good songs in there. If you're going to know him already, you probably know the first song of the album, which is called I saw the light. Um, but he's, he's kind of a one man band is his whole thing until he gets to this other band called utopia. Like it's a big studio guy, kind of the same energy as like a Brian Wilson mm-hmm. or, you know, like a Zappa is where he's like, does everything, writes everything, makes all of it. And that's what I kind of love is those kind of people that have that mindset to do that and like have the, uh, now I don't want to say endurance, but the ability to separate their mind into being like, I'm tracking drums now. This yeah. is how my drums should be. This is how my voice should be. This is how my guitar should be. Uh, my favorite thing on this album, I can't, I wish I could find the actual song title. There's this really hilarious. I think it might be just called intro. I think this is what it is. It's like a minute. And he like, basically you have to think about it in 1972. Like we're used to seeing like a DAW, a digital workstation, like a pro tools or a logic or whatever, having all these effects, but he explains what's going on in the studio basically. So he goes, he literally goes, I'll show you some examples. This is tape hiss. And literally plays. (laughs) He's like, this is when your tape is shitty. And he's like, this is this effect. Like he literally goes through and it's weird to think about, in like 1970 or 72, unless you went into a fucking studio, you, you would know. know. Yeah, There's no stomp boxes no back then. I mean, stomp boxes were just in their original day, which is what the guitarists always hit with their feet. But like nobody fucked around with that. Like it's easy to think how weird it is now that like we have a, we have so much access, right? And we know what it is. Like you can go up to artists and other people and be like, Oh, that's reverb. That's delay. That's compression. And they'll be like, yeah, I know what that is. But like, you have to think these guys in the studio would go in there and they'd be like, I'm just here to play my songs. Mm. I know this is a microphone, <laughs> which some people are. Like <laughs> I, that I've today. met some musicians that are still like that. <laughs> right. But like, it was so foreign because you had to physically be there to get access to those experiences. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In expensive studios. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, I don't really have it pulled up, so I'm going to have to do it from memory. But uh, I've been listening to a lot of Gus Dapperton again. I just love his last record. I think I've been listening. That record's been out. I think I looked. It's been out for like almost like two years now, a year and a half, maybe yeah. something like that. Like it's crazy because I've consistently been listening to that record. Uh, I think that might be my favorite record of that year. Um, and then I've also been listening to the song song called "Fuck Jane," 
uh, which is really great. And I think the the artist is uh, Sippy or uh, Sippy. Sippy. Yeah, it's like yeah. Sippy or something like that. I don't have it pulled up, but Fuck Jane is the track, and that shit's uh, shit's great. Oh, so. I have a bunch of you know my favorite super random fucking thing. Um, so I have found this guy. I've fucking love him because if you grew up in around the same time period I did in like the middle 2000s and stuff you probably watched like Family Guy The Simpsons like all those kind of animated Futurama there's this guy I love on YouTube his name is Fink MK and what he does is he'll take these songs from movies or TV and he'll add instrumentation on top of them to make them like fuller mm-hmm. and I fucking love it it just oh. sounds so good compared to like some of the like you know family guy whatever you want to say about that show it has good singing because seth mcfarland is a clean is a is uh, that don't, the animal yeah, don't crossing? Worry about that. uh but yeah it's the <laughs> no i'm looking at a video of oh, I have his YouTube. No. yeah i think he did a video of that onka animal crossing thing which i'm not going to explain what that is but if you know what it is then you know what it is um <laughs> but he does these like greater scores of it and i love it because it just adds a lot of fullness to these you know stuff that's just more of like you know, there are big moments in the day. Like, you know, if you were working on the show, it's like, oh, shit, we got to get this song together. It's got to get written. But it was like more of like a, I think it was more of a mindset of kind of like some of these, you know, hit factories, quote unquote, from records where they would just go, we got to get this, go, 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 done. Then it's released that week kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see him go back and kind of really show how involved some of these songs are and like how crazy they are. My favorite is... uh You've got a lot to see, which is like a really early Family Guy song, uh, which Seth MacFarlane sings. Which to finish my thought, if you don't know, Seth MacFarlane is a classically trained uh, singer. He was he actually was uh, taught by the same people who taught Frank Sinatra how yeah. to croon, which is funny. And he's amazing. He has it's his own so albums. Good, like, but like, uh, I love his singing. So like, he goes through Fink MK does and like adds more instrumentation and drums and all that stuff to the song. And it like fits really well and you, it like transcended, transcends it from like a, oh, this is a stupid TV show song to like, this is a real song. Like this is a, this is something I would pay for. Right. And it's, it's weird because it's funny because if you talk to these people from the fifties and sixties, like especially like young bands and stuff, they used to do shit where it's like, we're going to do, we're going to play like a song from Oklahoma (laughs) Mm -hmm. or something, which is really weird to think about because you have to think about it like, plays like that came out in the fifties only a couple years ago. It would be like if you went on the stage and somebody was just, you know, you're at a bar somewhere and it's like, we're going to do a song from uh, Brooklyn nine, nine. Like it would be like, what? <laughs> like, okay. Like, yeah. I'd pay but to that, see was, that. <laughs> that was normal. Like, because that's what everybody knew is like these song, you know, the, the big song books at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's hilarious to watch him think MK talk about it. Cause he's kind of showing how like, we all kind of have a modern songbook, even though we don't want to admit it of like songs from TV that are just in your mind and will yep. never leave. Absolutely. So. Uh, correction. Uh, the song was fuck June, <laughs> not fuck Jane. So just correct. Fuck that. the month. Fuck the month. June. Not July and May is sucks. Any. Fuck June. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening to the Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. We do really appreciate it. You can follow us on socials pretty much everywhere TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at the Biz Tape. I do a lot of polls on Instagram slash Facebook because they're shared. Isn't that fun now? 
Anyway, uh, I asked you guys, uh, what do you think about this tax bill? And about 60% of you were for the recording cost tax bill and 40% weren't. So if you guys want a chance to be featured on the show, give your voice, talk about what's going on, follow us on our socials. we got some more clips of the show coming out that Joe works very hard on. He'd really appreciate it. My cat's losing his mind. See you later. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.